Hello, my name is Gary Shotton, and I'm here as a part of, in, of Inspiring Better Business, and I'm doing a audio book, uh, chapter by chapter, on miracles. And you know, I've come to believe uh, over the last 40 years that miracles are for day for today. Uh, I know that some churches and some people would profess that miracles uh, passed away at the time of the apostles and when the New Testament ended, but you know, I don't believe that. I believe that God is still in the miracle working business, and I think we should understand how miracles work. Uh, we might think, okay, a miracle is just something like uh, someone's uh, blind and clearly they can see, well that's clearly a miracle, or somebody's deaf and they can hear, well that's clearly a miracle, but I'm going to talk about financial miracles and miracles that uh, propelled me uh, towards a, a better standing in my financial world as a part of the kingdom of God. See, I feel that I'm called specifically to be in the business world and I think that's very important to find your calling. Well, I'm not going to uh, uh, dwell on any particular part other than kind of take you through the process of how God uh, led me step by step and in one particular case when I specifically had an unction and a feeling of buying uh, 17 half and a half acres near the property that I had. But this all starts really with when I first started my first business. So I had moved uh, from a town uh, 1,200 miles away to where I'm at now and uh, going to Bible school. And this is a Bible school that focuses on faith and how faith works. And you know, I, I went through that Bible school and I took notes, I studied, I, I learned, uh, I still have my notes. I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity. I actually graduated. My wife was with me side by side. We had our three small children at home and we had to find babysitters for them and take care of them. Uh, while we're in school for a half day each morning. Uh, our school ended somewhere around 11.30 each day and, and we had time to work and make money afterwards. We needed to because we had re obligations and responsibilities. And so I had uh, all this knowledge but I really come back and look back to this and say, you know, where I really learned faith was when I applied that knowledge and I had a chance to apply that in this business that I owned. And I'm very serious about knowing that God has us in a place where, where he's always working with us, always uh, taking us from step to step. So as I graduate, uh, my wife is with me, she's helping me. I have experimented for those two years I was in Bible school, moving people just as a sideline, making cash, just necessity, lifestyle kind of business, making enough money to pay our bills. And yet at the end of Bible school, when others were going out to start churches and, and be evangelists and be missionaries, I felt kind of low, honestly. I felt a little inferior. But I knew God had not called me to do that, but to go into the business world. So I had already experimented and got a good handle on this. So I didn't write this big business plan. I just started in. And I would say again that before you can write a big business plan, you probably need to experiment. So. I had already had two trucks that I purchased and I just start moving people and that's where I began. Well, from there, I realized that uh, I, I uh, was living out of my house and dispatching uh, these jobs with workers and uh, coming to the, the house, which is a residential house. Well, that's not always accepted in towns that you have a business inside of a residential uh, community and I realized I better uh, go ahead and look for a warehouse. 
and I looked for a warehouse that was only a short distance from my house. It wasn't within walking distance, but it was a very short, within a mile or two. And um, I decided to go ahead and lease that warehouse for a year. And you know, as soon as I did that, God provided, and it was all in the same time. I had a customer that needed warehouse space, so now I'm in the moving and storage business. And I had enough revenue for paying the rent because I'm renting out space to somebody that needed to store some items. And I realized I could store some more items and some more items, and I could actually make money storing items. And so I had an inventory of the things, and I grow on to the next level. Well, I ran out of storage space, and I decided, man, this, I got an idea. The height of this building was more of a, not a tall building, but it was about, oh, uh, 15, 18 feet high on the, on the sides, and I decided I could build a mid-sized floor using uh, wood like you would build a deck. I decked the entire thing. The, 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 the warehouse itself was only about 50 feet wide and 100 feet long, and that's the warehouse part, but when I put that deck, I doubled my storage space. So now I'm actually making money. And then from there, I needed uh, more space because my trucks, I got people parking, I don't even know it's a commercial area, I buy a piece of land, one lot next to me. It was just the lot. And I rented the next warehouse. This is over a period of time, step by step by step. I rented the next warehouse over because I'm in the storage business and I had customers and I could rent for a monthly fee the uh, entire building and I would just then rent uh, short term the people and keep track of their goods. I actually rented a third warehouse. I have three warehouses all within a very close, this is very close, like touching each other, uh, really right in the same industrial park. And I get into data record storage. I had to build some racks to put boxes. Data record storage is when you store the hard copy. This is more for 30 years ago, because this is when it was, is in the 80s. And I would have these boxes and I would charge by the box. Oh, I'm making quite a bit of money off these. And so I'm in the storage business. I'm pointing out the step-by-step-by-step -step -step aspect of this. Well, this is going along, and I had a situation come into my family where I did inherit about $20,000. And in that process, I determined to not allow that $20,000 to get away from me because as soon as I put that into uh, my checking account, I know it would just evaporate for normal bills. I wanted this money to count. And I was uh, located some land. Well, it was very close again. I've always been able to find things close by. Well, this was a uh, 15,000 square foot building that was suitable for what I could do. But I was also able to buy, and it was setting on about two and a quarter acres, but I, there was another uh, three quarters of an acre land in conjunction with that, and I bought that all together within two days. I closed at an auction on one, and I, and I, and I bought uh, the other piece of land because I had preset a contract for sale, conditional on a few things. Now I have a, a, a 15,000 square foot building with uh, uh, on, on three and a half acres. And, and I'm actually up and running. Well, over a period of time, I determined that this is going well enough that if I got, gave up the three warehouses I was renting and I sold that piece of land, then I could build a new building. And it was a huge building. It was 15,000 more square feet, but it was tall. It was really tall. And I'm going for it. And I'm in the process of this, and there's a whole other miracle, I'll teach about that, in another miracle of how God brought that together, but it was a step. My point is step by step.
Now, when I got to that point, I got into the idea of, of expanding and uh, opening up mini storages. Now, to be honest, I never owned a mini storage, but boy, was I focused on this. And I, and I was able to buy 17 and a half acres that just adjoined me on the on one side of my concurrent property. Now, this was not easy, so I'm going to dig into this one just a little bit. I was setting just before Christmas in about 1991, 92. I'm not sure of the year myself. I could look back, but I didn't. And 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 in comes a realtor, and it was cold and it was windy. And I and the winter time was not good for a moving business because people didn't move in the middle right before Christmas. It was right before Christmas, and the guy's name was Bob. And he came and said, Gary, you know business is kind of slow for me. How can I? make something available that you might consider buying. And I said, Bob, do you understand? I really don't have any money to buy anything. And he said, I know, but go ahead, tell me something you might want to buy. And I said, well, what about this piece of land right across near me, just a touch, there was a railroad track between us, but it would touch my land other than this railroad track. And it was 17 and a half acres. And he said, go ahead and check that out, another piece of land. I just want to benchmark this land so I know sometime three or four years down the road, I want to know what it is now so I can follow it. And he came back to me and he said, you cannot believe how cheap that is right now. And sure enough, it was really, really cheap. On a dollars per square foot, it was really cheap. It was like a third what it normally would be. And I said, Bob, write me a contract. Now, you know, at this point, you may not think I'm very spiritual, but I am telling you like it was. I had a trust in God. I knew God was with me, and I and he never, I wished he would kind of talk a little louder, to be honest with you. I wished he would give you a little stronger indication, but to be honest, it was a strong feeling inside, not an overwhelming feeling inside, but more than that, I had done my homework, and I had an overwhelming confidence that that was a next step. I was being, if you notice what's happened here, each time I was being pushed, pushed to the next level all the way from the very first time I had a warehouse and I rented the second and the third and then when I needed the land and I needed more space and then the next logical, in some way logical, step. But here God brings me a piece of land one-third of its normal price. I said, write me a contract. Well, the way contracts work are that I could tie up this land, but only for 30 days because they might have another buyer and I didn't want to lose the other buyer, so I had 30 days to come up with the down payment on that land. And I was busy in my own business and I'm working hard and I had a little time to find the finances. I was working hard and I knew that, hey, if I don't, the deal's off, I won't own the land. But I had no option for that down payment to buy that land. But I had a confidence uh, that this could work. And when I was, I risked $5,000. That's all I was risking. And at that time, $5,000 was a chunk of change for me, a lot of money. And so I uh, looked at that realtor and he said, you realize if the word they had is going hard, your money will not be refunded to you if you don't uh, close the deal. And I had no way of closing the deal. And so I, I, I said, go ahead, I'm going to take that chance, take that risk. It could go, I've lost other money, 
I'll, I'm going to take the risk. And now I had 60 more days to find my finances. We didn't have to set the closing. I still didn't have the money. I didn't, didn't have the, the ability to close on this. I didn't have the down, down payment. I had The banks looked at me and said, there's no way. That's too much money. It was $200,000 that I needed for that land, and I only put 5000 down to hold it. But the end of the contract came. You know what? They had no other buyers, so they didn't officially extend the contract, but I, I knew that if I came up with the money, and it was almost 60, 90, almost 100 days later before I was able to come up with the money to put down that deposit. Now, you say, was that a miracle? Well, I'll tell you it was. It was a miracle that I had a piece of land right next to me, one-third the going price, and it's a miracle that I came up with the money and I had to use my faculties, my abilities, my, 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 my intellect to make this work. This doesn't end. It just goes on and on. At this point, I'm back in, the, in, in, in about 1994, 95. And I'm going to tell again in another, another miracle lesson how I built uh, the, uh, what a miracle it was to build that 15,000 square feet. But the moving business took me on for 17 years, from 84 to the end of the year of 2000. And I can tell you all kinds of little steps. Some of them are the other miracles I'm telling you about. Getting a large, uh, uh, able to buy 11 uh, semi-tractor trailer units, that's the trailers, for the price of one. I had other things that happened through that time, but that season ended. Actually, it was a bit of a miracle and a step that I actually sold that. See. Uh, if you know uh, history here, 9-11 uh, was in 2001, so nine months before that, I sold the moving and storage business. But oh, this is my baby. I can't sell my moving and storage business. I've been working so long, I had other plans. But I felt certain, that confident that I needed to sell this business. And I had one potential buyer, the one buyer that wanted to merge his type of business into my market. And he came to me once, and I said no. Twice, I said no. And the third time, I said, let's talk about it. That's how close I missed my opportunity to my only buyer that would have bought that business. I didn't know that 9-11, the falling of the towers, was going to shut the economy down like, like crazy. So that was a miracle. Well, to move forward here, I sat out of business for six years, and I started what I'm doing now from the year 2000 to the year 2006. And this is another lesson I'm going to talk about. I'm just hitting the highlights. But I then determined that God was leading me to my next step. My next step was to buy another business. I had in mind buying a small business, but God led me to this opportunity. It was crazy. This opportunity, when I saw it, I'm saying, this thing is making so much money, and they're asking, in my opinion, so little for it. I had confidence. Now, why I had confidence was I was already dealing with a business with 50 to 75 workers every every time every week I had to pay these I'm at that level it's a natural step and I'd sold that business and now I want to buy a business with only 41 employees and all this is this this business has it's confined within a small area and whereas uh, the other business had trucks all over the United States trucks all over my town uh, even and it was making really good money and I said you know I think God I'm not greedy, but I think God would have me do this. And I 
took two what's called SBA, Small Business Administration's loans out. And it's another story I'm going to tell you about on another miracle how that all happened. And at this point, I'm just telling you that this was a miracle that I stepped into such a business. It's a miracle that I got through the year 2009 when the economy dropped like crazy. It went from uh, my 65 employees down to 41 employees. I had to lay off down to 24 employees. I'm sorry. I had to lay off 41 employees with tears in my eyes tell them you did nothing wrong but I gotta let you go because I don't have any work for you to do and on and on and on I, I, I'm, I'm rolling on and I had this goal that I that I felt God leading me that I could pay this off debt-free in this 14 years well in in the first seven years I paid the major biggest loan out I had a loan that that one loan alone was twenty four thousand dollars per month for seven years. I had to make the, the, I had to work my tail off, watch what I was doing. Now, I own that business now. I don't know what my next step is in the financial world. I've already started into something else. It's actually a, a vine ripe tomatoes business. I'm not sure, but I'm sure enjoying the ride. I'm not worried about it. I'm not so successful that I couldn't fail, but I'm not planning on failing. I'm going step by step by step. A couple pointers. One thing you could do and should do in my opinion is do what's called a personal financial statement. That's where you, and I started this many, many years ago. It was one form. My wife helps me because she knows how to fill it out. But it is, it is really the same thing as a bank loan application. It's, a, it's kind of a, a, a four-page loan application. But on the front page, it's called your personal net worth. And on the left-hand column, it's lines, you list everything you own, O-W-N, and you put the fair value for that. And the backup pages are just documents supporting that. So if I had a piece of property uh, that I owned for $100,000, then I would list it on this, one of the, the, the tables in the back. And I still do this today. And so uh, then on the right-hand column, tied with each of those pieces of those assets, that I own, I would have to list what I owe. And again, that's another uh, spreadsheet, another, another uh, form in the back, rest of the, rest of the uh, document. So in essence, the front page tells everything. The back pages are all supporting this. So when you add up all that you own, whatever that number is, and you add up everything that you owe, well, that's your personal net, and subtract the two, hopefully it's positive, so if you own, a hundred or a million dollars worth of of assets and you owe five hundred thousand dollars worth of assets then your personal net worth is five hundred thousand dollars you owed own OWN a million you owe OWE five hundred thousand and the difference is what you're worth in other words if you died that's what you would have left for your heirs that's what you are worth when they say in on a on a news report that somebody's worth and worth uh, 10 million or 100 million that's what they're doing they're saying if everything was settled up that's what you're worth well you should do that you should make a progression i don't care what it is and then the choices you're making the decisions you're making in business and in life are either increasing your personal net worth 
are it's going lower. So year after year, let's just check. Hey, am I going up or going down? Don't worry about how much or how much, how up or how down it is. Yeah, go up as fast as you can. Let me tell you, if you buy a boat, nothing wrong with a luxurious boat, but the luxury of having a boat, but it's not going to go up, help your personal net worth. You might want to rent a boat for the weekend or two that you're going to use it. Think about it before you do certain things. I'm blessed to say that I never have had a long-term debt on any of the vehicles I've ever had. The longest I ever had was four months where I paid four months in a row and then I paid off that vehicle. So my, my, my personal cars, my pickups have always been paid for. I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, and it took me a while to get there. And then I saved and had the monies when I needed one wore out, and I didn't buy a vehicle every, every year, every other year. That's not good business, in my opinion. Do as you like. You should work to pay off your house. My house is paid off. It's been paid off for several years. Guess what? It doesn't take much for me to live. If I have no car payment and no house payment, I'm pretty, pretty well off. And people wonder, how do you do this? Well, it's step by step by step by step. Watch what you're doing. Make, see, it's the combination of the natural things you do and understanding how business and finances work combined with the Spirit of God bringing on to you the, the wisdom but also the opportunities to make those next steps. I'm telling you, that's a law. The law of step-by-steps is miraculous and it's a combination, it's, it's a truth. And, and you say, well, there's nothing in there that was a miracle. You combine those together, and I moved into my town uh, to go to Bible school with virtually a borrowed horse trader. And I'm not going to tell you what my personal net worth is, but it's not too bad. And I'm going to tell you that, that, that if you will follow this little bit of advice, and it, you know, you, you, gotta, you can't, God's not in the miracle business that one day he just says, hey, I'm just going to pick you up and just going to pick up you out of the crowd and bless you with a miracle. There's, that's not, you, you're not going to be sleeping in till 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. You're not going to be uh, watching TV or playing on your phone all the time. You can do all that if you want, but it's not going to be something that God's going to bless you with, not something that God's going to take you to the next level. I, I just want to be here to help you. I'm not elevating myself. I'm just saying God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be financially blessed. But it is the combination of you being wise in every step that you take. And as you take that next step, now if you notice again, you're almost pushed to the next step. Uh, as I, uh, I didn't cover it, but in my new business, I started with a, a 15,000 square foot building. I added 10,000, that's 25,000. One of my biggest customers, he, my, my two biggest customers called me into the office. It's going to be another lesson. And he told, uh, it looked me in the eye and says, what are you going to do to give us more capacity? Well, I guess I'm going to take the next step. And that's, I didn't make, I didn't speculate on the next building. I, I had this, but it's not a guarantee. See, economy could have gone bad any time. So I'm taking the risk, a calculated risk, and I built uh, my next building, which was 12,000 square feet. I bought six, uh, uh, got bought two new pieces of equipment, which were very expensive, and I hired six new people in about a, a very short period of time, like six months or less, because my customer pushed me into the next side. That's how you want to do the steps. You want to be kind of pushed to the next level. Well, I 
Thank you for being a part of this audio book and a part of inspiring better business. Thank you very much.